Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Badassery podcast, where we delve deep into the lives of extraordinary individuals who've harnessed their unique experiences and passions to craft a badass existence. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman. Today, we have a truly beautiful lady with us today, Jenna Brocious, a woman with an inspiring journey to share. Jenna wears multiple hats with grace and flair. She's a loving wife, a devoted mother, and a spiritually intuitive soul. Her quest for self-discovery led her down a path filled with twists and turns as she sought to define her purpose beyond the boundaries of her home. With the unwavering support of her husband, Jenna embarked on a profound voyage of introspection guided by prayer to unearth her true calling. Raised by a single mother, and only discovering her father at 36, Jenna's life has been a tapestry of trials and tribulations. She often quips that her mother was a blueprint for what not to do in life, gifting her invaluable life lessons from a tender age. Her resilience shone through as she chose to transform adversity into opportunity, proving that her upbringing didn't dictate her destiny. Life handed her lemons, and in true Beyonce fashion, she turned them into sweet, refreshing lemonade. You guys are going to love this woman. Jenna has always been an outlier, never entirely fitting into the mold of societal norms. Yet, as she blossomed into adulthood, she accepted and embraced her uniqueness, transforming what made her different into her greatest strength. Hailing from the vibrant city of Scottsdale, Jenna finds solace and joy in meditation, Her story, really, it's a testament to the power of personal growth and the beauty that can emerge when one embraces one's individuality. So join us today as we explore her journey, her passion for healing, and her unwavering commitment to spreading love and positivity in a world that sorely needs it. This episode promises to be really incredibly uplifting, filled with wisdom, resilience, and of course, the art of embracing one's badassery. Grab your favorite drink and stay tuned. Jenna, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Your intro, your intro was so beautiful. Thank you for having me. I, you, your words are just beautiful. I love them. Thank you. You are so welcome. And who is that on your lap? I have a little girl named Miss Birdie. So adorable. She's my little golden doodle. Those of you that are listening to the audio, you may want to hop over to YouTube and watch the video because she's got the most adorable puppy on her lap. But Jenna, let's go back to the beginning. And I'm curious if you can take us back to a time when you sort of looked around your world and went, okay, wait a second, this isn't actually good enough. Yeah, my first memory of that is actually, I was six years old. My mom had just married her first husband and we moved away from where I'd been raised pretty much my whole life. We moved to Portland, Oregon. 
And I saw my mom physically abused for the first time. And I can still as a child very vividly remember that moment. And that is the moment that I realized what was going on around me was not for me. How does a six-year-old navigate that? You know, I would still love to know it's deep down in there somewhere, but I'm trying to heal it as I grow into a mother. And I think becoming a mother has been a big process of me healing my childhood as well. I hear that quite a bit. And I've certainly experienced that myself as I'm a mother of, of two grown children. But what I what I think is interesting and what I'd love to to sort of delve into is obviously six is very little. That was your first wake up call that things could be uncomfortable in, in, in life. And that's, you know, you began to learn what you don't want. You don't want the anger, the fear, the licking, the beatings, or, you know, you don't want to witness the violence as you got older. Yeah. How did, did that translate into any behavior of your own or were you always just shutting it down and, and looking at it from afar? I've always been shutting it down and looking at it from afar and have had zero interest in ever experiencing that for myself. I'm very lucky. I picked a man. Well, I picked a man that I knew wouldn't do it to me, but I love my husband for the reason we don't say something we can't take back. And we've lived that way for the last 12 years. And I feel very blessed to have made the right decision in the man that I married because that is that he, we are aligned in how we want to live and how we treat each other, which I think is so important. So important. So going back to the intro, your mom, you learned from an early age what you didn't want in a partner. Yes. Okay. The other thing I think that's really interesting about what you just said was this idea of we, you and your husband don't say things that you can't take back. I often find with clients and in my own world that there is such power in our language, that when we can learn to harness the power of language, we have more control about how we talk about our problems or our challenges. So when was when did you first realize that you were that powerful with the words that you chose? Well, I would not say that journey has been an easy one for me because oh. I'm quite <laughs> a mouth on and I'm very sassy. Um, but I would say into my later twenties after, you know, softening off at work and getting fired on the spot or just having those like interactions with people where I learned that my mouth did not work for me. I had to zip it a little bit more. Um, but the older I got, the easier it got to learn how to control myself and my temper and my feelings and my emotions. And now really before I want to have any conversation with my husband, if I'm upset or stirring over something, I really almost need a day to think through my thoughts and my process before I deliver my message. Cause I just want to be so clear and precise on how I feel and what that did to me and so on that now I take a lot of time before I speak, because I just want to be very clear when I do speak. But that's fantastic because clarity is everything. You know, if we don't understand what we're feeling, then how can we talk about it? A hundred percent. And for me, it's more of clarifying that emotion that I'm feeling. And what is that emotion really? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I sad? Am I hurt? And so for me, I just really need that introspectual time to go in and be like, okay, I'm hurt. And this is why I'm hurt. 
and then I'll talk about it. But until I get to that place, I really don't like to talk anymore. <laughs> What's one of the biggest things that you've learned about yourself in this, in this recognition that maybe the mouth runs off a little bit too much, or maybe oh. you need to take yeah, time. Yeah, I've learned me being saucy and saying what's on my, my mind and my tongue in that minute has never paid off well for me. So I, re I started to recognize the negatives that were happening when I was doing that. And I just had to learn to stop because it wasn't serving me at all. You know, you bring up a really interesting point because a lot of what I talk about and this podcast is about is owning our truth. You know, I feel that we're badass when we can be honest about what we're, how we're feeling. But that doesn't mean, to your point, running your mouth off in anger or fear or disappointment or judgment or resentment, because that's, that's the, there's a difference, right? There's a difference. And it sounds like you've had some experience that really proved that to you that, you know, telling your boss to take a hike with lots of expletives because he's an idiot didn't serve you in that moment because you lost your job. If that's in fact what happened, I kind of made a guess there. Yeah, no, totally true. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's almost as if we need to be reminded that being a badass isn't being a bitch. It's being correct. Honest about who you are. Right. So I know that there's a, you know, for some of us, there's a connotation that if you're a badass, you're, you're looking for trouble. You're, you know, you're a criminal and you got tattoos and you ride a Harley and, you know, that's kind of a, uh, an old fashioned way or a, a generational way of looking at the term. But I really do think, and the way that I use the term today is completely different. You know, it's all about being honest about who you are. So it's totally okay to be upset with your boss, right? If, if, and it's totally okay to know, boy, that guy is really disrespecting me, but you still need to know how to handle the situation, right? Doesn't have to be with daggers right? Or a fist. Or yeah. A yeah. And I think I only ever saw my mom fight with daggers because she would most of the time be drunk at this point when the fights would begin. And the words and the hurt that would just pour out of them were just devastating to me. And it even wasn't even directed at me by any means. So I was just, it was also something I knew deep down, I never wanted my family to experience and my children to experience was that that meanness that you can never take back that really does leave a splinter in that wound for a long time. And I just didn't feel that that was something that I wanted to create outside of my myself. How did you grow from that? Like, how did you go from being the kid with the mom that's taught her everything, not how not to be? And I just want to say, being a mom is the hardest thing ever. And I'm, you know, we all do our best with what we have in the moment. But how did you get to a place where you can talk about it with such love and acceptance. What was what happened in between then and now? So I got pregnant and I thought maybe my mom would show up for the first time like she hasn't before because I'm the first, I'm the oldest and I'm the one with the first grandchild. So I thought maybe, you know, she'll really put in an effort this time. And I got disappointed all over again when she wasn't calling or asking how he's doing or, you know, so on about just my health and the baby. And my husband looked at me one day and he said, you can't hold her to an expectation that she did not agree to. And my mind blew because that was just the most perfect way of putting it because I had a story in my head of how I wanted my mother to show up for me, but that was not my mother and nor did she agree to that circumstance. So that really changed everything for me and really started my whole healing process because I had to realize 
that I was holding her to a standard that she didn't agree to. She got pregnant when she was 22, unwed, and kind of just had no choice but to have me. So she didn't really sign up for this whole motherhood thing. So why was I expecting her to make crafts and cookies for me when that wasn't her? So once I was really able to move past that moment, and then I got to really like think about her upbringing and where did she come from? She didn't have it easy. My grandma was a very mean person. And so I then started to have a lot of compassion and empathy for her because I then understood she did the best with what she had. And I have to just, I have to accept that and I have to move forward with it. And I do think that her teaching me what not to do in life was just as beneficial as somebody teaching me how to live my life. So at the end of this day, I can look back with like great ease and love and compassion for my childhood and for her, because at the same, we were two kids trying to raise each other at the end of the day. And we did the best we could. What I like so much about your story is, and I think it leads into this understanding that our, our true happiness comes from within that we, when we stop looking for validation from the outside, how does my mom treat me? How does my boss treat me? How does my boyfriend treat me? How do I look to the world? When we stop looking for validation from all the outside things, then it's so much easier to have our head up and go, you know what? I'm deserving. It's, it's, it's quite magical, actually. And I love that your husband made that comment because it's brilliant. We wouldn't expect a our children to speak to us in a foreign language because they don't know that language. So why are we saying, oh, for God's sakes, that's not French. You're not speaking French to me. Well, I don't know French, actually. Thanks. So it's kind of similar. It's like your mom doesn't, that's, she didn't sign up for that. That's not, she doesn't have the ability to be that person. It doesn't mean that she's not deserving. It doesn't mean that you're not deserving. It just means that you're speaking a different language based on your upbringing and your needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love her now and we still have kind of a touch and go relationship, but I really just kind of let it be on her terms at this point. And when she reaches out or she wants something, I'm, I'm here to help and communicate. But for me, that healthy boundary is just really, really not a lot of relationship within us. And for me, that works and I'm okay. And I'm comfortable with that. Um, so I think there's a different story for everybody on how you handle parents like that. But I've just learned to love her for who she is and just kind of move on with my own life because I can't let her hold me back anymore. Now that's badass, folks. And that takes a lot of, <laughs> well, I don't want to say it takes a lot of effort because for some people it may not, but really that is the work of navigating being a human, right? It's learning how to question, get clear, forgive if necessary, understand the difference between judgment and non-judgment and being open to being happy. And what I'm hearing is that right from the get-go, you were open to being a happy person because you're like, oh, you know what? That doesn't make me happy. So I'm not going to do that. I don't want that in my life because this is uncomfortable. And I think that's a really important thing to, to call out. So for those of you listening, ask yourself, am I willing to be happy? Am I really willing to step into whatever, all of the greatness that's, that's here for me, or is it easier for me to hold on to the hurt and the anger? So just a little side note for yeah, you. Yeah, I had, to really, I wanted to, I wanted to forgive her because I wanted my own peace at the end of the day. 
And so for me, I had to find forgiveness and that came within the empathy of understanding her childhood. So I wanted to move forward with peace in my life. And I, I feel very grateful that I was able to recognize it and find it and move forward with it. So I'll keep you posted. We're still in the beginning. This is a journey that never ends. <laughs> well, and please do. And here, you know, that's, it's so honest for you to say that because I think many of us go, when we decide to, to go on a journey of personal growth, for example, for myself, there was this idea that, oh, if I decide to do this, then life is going to be perfect. Like everything is going to get fixed. When I figure out, when I get clear on my stories, when I learn to forgive and be all of these things, then all of a sudden it's like a light switch is going to go on. But that's not realistic, folks. So personal journey, you never get off the road. Once you jump on it, you really don't because you, you just jump up to the next level of understanding and awareness. And with that awareness comes a whole new set of, oh my God, I had no idea. And then you're like, okay. And you learn the lesson, you learn the lesson. And the minute you, the minute you agree to step up and learn the lesson, oh my God, the universe throws it at you. Hey, Mahara, you need to learn the forgiveness. Oh. Here's, an, here's a great opportunity. And you're like, I thought I learned this already. Why is this coming back to me? So it really is the never ending journey. But if you can open yourself, yourself and your heart to the process, it really is quite magical. I'm so curious though. You mentioned meditation. When, how old were you when you got into meditation? Cause I'm all, I'm into it myself. And I just like to talk to you about your experience with it. I started meditating in my mid twenties. So I've been meditating like 13 years now. Um, and it is just the place of calmness and peace and I was going to say this earlier, I think that we look at the outside world for all the answers. And from my own personal experience, when I truly dove into myself and given myself that time and space, I actually find all the answers are within me the whole time. So me trying to talk to a medium or a psychic or a card reader, or tell me what this is going to do or how my future is going to be. I just realized at the end of the day that it was all within me. And the minute I gave myself that opportunity to listen, it came. So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. Well, I agree with you, but I, I have to ask because I know that people listening are asking. And this is, the question is, okay, that sounds great, but how do you know it's in you? Like, how do you know? Because you sit quietly, you think about it, you get clear. And it's so difficult to quiet the monkey mind, as they call it, that is it the first thing that comes to my mind or the last thing? Am I thinking this because that's what that's what my best friend mentioned to me? Or is it that, you know, so there's definitely a level of trust, I think, that comes with meditation. And I'm wondering if it took you a while to discover that level of trust because just because there's so much noise when we first start the practice. Oh, yeah. I think that for years, I had no idea that that was part of meditation was actually hearing, hearing whatever I was supposed to hear because I was still 
looking at the outside world for all of the answers. And once I just got so frustrated with not finding the answer, I just had to give myself this time to really sit. And so my husband let me take six months off of work. He's like, sit, figure out what you want to do. Obviously where you are is not working out for you. So let's just give you the time to really like move forward in a big way, whatever way that is. And so I was just, for six months, I sat on the floor of my office and I would cry and I would journal and I would meditate. And I just remember one day, like, just the sensation of like, I'm going to cry, the love and the warmth. And it was like God telling me what my prayer cards were supposed to be. And my prayer cards, I mean, he showed me the image of what they looked like. I don't know. It's just like such a warm, beautiful sensation that I knew that God had put that on my heart to make that happen. And I have to say he did it again when it came to my book is that that topic everybody needs to know about and read about. And so like, I just felt that warm needed sensation all over again when the book idea came that I knew that that was my next step. So when I started to get antsy and I'm like, where am I going? What am I doing? I really very intentionally give myself a lot of quiet time at home when nobody's here to allow myself to sit and listen. Such good advice. Not always easy to do, but really, and I've had a very similar experience. And what I've learned over the years is when the ideas come to me easily and I, I kind of like, oh, well, that can't be important because it's too easy. I stop myself and I go, wait a second. If it's easy, that's because it's, that's my instinct. I just know, I just know. And if I don't understand the message, then I'm also very visual. I put it off. I just put it in a bubble and say, bring it back to me when I'm ready for it. And I, this was, I, I started doing this years before I even really realized what I was doing, but it was this recognition. Okay. That's, that's good, but I don't quite understand it yet. I don't know what to do with it. So I'm just going to put it off to the side and ask that you bring it back to me when I'm ready for it, when I actually have the answer or I know the next step. So trusting your instinct is a huge component of being badass. And I think what comes with it is this recognition that as you said earlier, I have all the answers inside. I may not, I may not be able to access, access them, but I have them because I'm a child of the universe. I'm a child of God. I'm a spiritual being having a human existence. So, okay. Well, and the really cool thing about, oh, one second. The really cool thing about it too, is with the prayer cards, like them being produced happens so fast and so easy that I also knew that was a sign from the universe because when things just start that momentum and then they unfold, there was no hard, there was no hard work in any of the things that I did. It just naturally beautifully unfolded. So that's also goosebumps gives me a sign that that's the universe, you know, taking care of what was supposed to happen anyway. So okay. I love it. I love it's it. Too, but <laughs> before we get into all the things that you're doing today, I want to go back to, you said you took six months off of work and just sat in your office and cried and journaled and, and discovered was still, what were you doing at that time? What type of work were you doing? I was doing real estate. Yeah, I was doing real estate and I was also um, working with Airbnbs on interior design. Nice. And, and it just wasn't really that spot. How did you know? Like, what was the feeling? Because I, I know that many of our listeners are going to be able to relate to this because that's why I left the corporate world. It wasn't filling, it wasn't filling my cup, but I'm curious how, what, it, how it resonated in your life that you went, this isn't right. Can you think of a specific time? You might kind 
to laugh at me when I tell you this, but I've always wanted to be a superstar and famous and like all of the things. And so I just knew that that wasn't going to do it for me. I don't know. It was just this very like intuitive inside gut feeling that this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Granted, I also didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, but I knew what I was doing at the time was still not my purpose, my divine purpose whatsoever. It's interesting because as you were saying that, I thought to myself, she has mirrored what not to do. Just like she watched her mom do things that she didn't want. You ended up doing things that showed you what you don't want. And actually that's a very smart way of figuring out what it is that you do want. If you give yourself permission to go, yeah, Okay, I'm experiencing this and I actually don't like it that much. So this is not for me. That's now, you know, right? Mm -hmm. This is for you. So that's fantastic. So six, six months off of that, then what did you do after you realized no to real estate? Yes to, what did you say? Yes COVID to. COVID hit. <laughs> COVID hit and changed everything. Um, so I, you know, didn't do anything until fall of, September, 2020, I really was able to actually sit down and write my prayer cards and start producing them. Um, but I just held on for a while there. <laughs> All right. So talk to me about prayer cards. What do you mean by that? So I have eight different prayer cards. There's peace, love, positivity, grief, worthiness, strength, change. And I just added a travel prayer card for the kids this summer. And they're just topics that I feel like sometimes we don't have the words to pray. And so I just wanted people to have the words to pray without having to think about it. Um, like I hung out with a whole bunch of amazing badass women that were worthy, but they didn't see their worthiness. And so the worthy prayer card is very special to me because I wanted other women to know how amazing and worthy they are. And so that one's special. And then there's a little Bible verse at the bottom that correlates with the prayer I wrote. And so there's just eight different topics and they're all sold individually, um, but it's just from my heart. And so to be able to produce something from my heart that people love is just so fulfilling that I feel lucky. Oh, that's so beautiful. Is there artwork on one side of the prayer card? Is it like a, or is I'll it? show you. Yeah, let's show us. And guys, there's going to be a link in so the that, notes. Beautiful. So that's the peace prayer card. And then this is the prayer. That's the prayer I wrote. And then there's the Bible verse that correlates with it. And they're like the size of a credit card. So they can go in your wallet, in your pocket. Some people put them in the back of their phone case. So it's, I love when people send me pictures of new ways they're using the card. It makes my heart happy. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Okay. So you have written uh, prayer cards. You mentioned a book. Can you talk to us a bit about your book? Yeah. So I'm writing a book on generational trauma. Um, I only ever saw my mom cheat on somebody or be cheated on herself. And so most of my life, our relationships would us pack up and leave, pack up and leave. We've got to move. We've got to get out of here. All these like constant moving pieces. And I was nine years into my marriage and I'm like, when is he going to cheat on me? when is he going to cheat on me? This is going to have to, the ball is going to drop. When is he going to cheat on me? You know, and I'm having this mental battle in my head for two years of my marriage is great. Everything is good. This is not the man I married, but why do I still have this story playing in my head? And one day I just realized that that was not my story to carry. It is my mother's story. And that is my grandmother's story, but that is not my story. And so I'm just writing about like acknowledging it, my childhood, and really, how do I overcome and how am I moving forward in my marriage? Again, you got me today crying. Oh. 
you're being vulnerable and I, and I honor that. And I thank you for your vulnerability. It's so powerful when we recognize that we have stories because until you recognize that there's a story, you can't change it or you can't change your relationship with it. So I really honor you for that, that understanding that this is my mom's story and it doesn't have to be mine. It doesn't have to be mine. And for all of you listening, if there's, if, if you have a story that doesn't work for you, recognize that and ask yourself, okay, if it doesn't work for me, then I choose not to, then what does work for me? What would I want my story to be? And in your case, Jenna, you know, I, you want your story to be that you're married to the most amazing man. You're, he's never going to leave you. You have a beautiful family and, you know, it's the complete opposite of perhaps what you, what your story was. So thank you for sharing. And I just really honor you for that journey, because that to me is one of the hardest things is to recognize that we have a story because most of us grow up going, it's just the way it is. My dad's an ass. My mom's a bitch. You know, um, I don't, I hate school. Like all I, I'm bad at this. I'm good at that. I, you know, all we tell stories all the time. And what I say to my clients is if it doesn't work for you, let's talk about it and figure out why you're telling it. Why are you still yes. telling it if it doesn't work for you? And as you and I both know, there's lots of things that go on in our childhood that may have started. That's where the story starts. But I love that you're not telling that story to yourself anymore and that you have found a way to honor your greatness and that whisper from God that this is what you need to do. And when we tune into that, man, life is beautiful, right? It doesn't take away that, you know, the dogs need to get walked or the bills need to get paid or I don't feel so good today. I got, you know, I've got a cold or, but still life is so beautiful. So you are writing a book on generational trauma. Any idea when we can expect to have that book available? I am about 40,000 words away from, no, 42,000 words away from being done. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I did the math. But I got a while. I got a ways to go. But I, I will say this. The universe is letting the words flow out of me. And that's that. So beautiful. Being in flow is so important. <laughs> really not very easy to do off, you know, especially when we get creative and we have ideas. I know what that's like. I want it done yesterday, but when we have patience and we can sit with our, sit with our passions, then, you know, we can trust ourselves. So that's beautiful. Something for us to look forward to folks. Have you titled the book? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. I mean, he gave me the, God gave me the image of what the book front is supposed to look like but I don't know if there's a name yet because generational trauma can't be the name. I don't know. Overcoming grief. I mean, honestly, when I sat my husband down to tell him that these have been my thoughts for two years and I've been hiding them from him because I had so much guilt and so much shame and just having the thoughts that I was, I mean, it was a very terrifying thing to come out to my husband and say, I think you're going to cheat on me or I'm going to cheat on you. And he's like, you know, better. That's not us. And I'm like, I know, but like, I walked around with that weight on my shoulders for two years, mortified to be honest with my husband about it. When I know it's not our story. You are some kind of badass, really. Because, <laughs> well, here's the thing. You're not alone. So many of us hold stuff in and I can really relate with that. So, but we do have something to look forward to whenever the book comes out. So thank you for sharing that. What am I working on today? Oh my gosh, you're so going to laugh at me, but 
I, I've been digging through all of my old journals because I am trying to write about the past. So I've really been looking through all of my journals and I found a whole bunch of my baby stuff from when I was little. So that filled me up today. And it was from my grandma's house, which she was such a special person in my like life. So it was just fun to reminisce with all my little things that were so special to me at one time. So Jenna, thank you for sharing your story. And it's, you know, I, I'm, I love hearing all of the aha moments that you've had along the way, especially your very vulnerable story about bringing up to your husband, how you were concerned that one or both of you were going to cheat on each other. Very, very powerful to have shared that. What is it that you're working on today? Any more prayer cards, book, what's been happening in your world recently? So I have been reminiscing through old journals with writing this book. It's really been nice to like go back and see my thoughts and my ideas then. Um, but it's also just been filling me up to see all my little baby stuff that is also collected within these journals and my baby shoes and my baby blanket that my grandma gave me. So it's just been a beautiful little morning for me to reminisce through all these beautiful things. Oh, sounds like a fun, sounds like a fun time. So what are some things that you can share with your, with, with my audience on how, what you do on a regular basis to stay connected with your purpose and feel that you're badass? Do you have any tips for us? You know, I think that one thing that is so important and we don't do enough of it, but I think once we all start talking to each other, we realize how much more we have in common than we don't have in common. And I think it's so important if everybody could just open up and be a little bit more willing to share our experiences, because like you and I know, sharing our experiences is how we learn, we grow, and we expand. So I just love it when people just like are vulnerable and give somebody else that moment. Or also if somebody's having a bad day, we aren't hard on them because they're mean to us because of that bad day. I think there's something so sweet about being very kind to somebody that maybe is being mean or not nice because at the end of the day we don't know what's going on internally or externally for that person so I always just try to move with like loving kindness and a little bit of sparkle because everybody needs it oh, I love a little bit of sparkle and you're right you know if we can when we learn to look at our life through the lens of love everything's different you know if somebody's if someone and I was I remember this from years ago I don't know if I, if maybe it was on an Oprah show, but this idea that when somebody is, you know, yelling at you or giving you shit, you just smile at them and bless them in your mind or, or like, it's okay. Because if you don't engage, then the bully, it's like when you smile at the bully and, and, you know, wish him well, they're like, wait a second. That's not what I was expecting you to say. What do you mean? What do you mean you wish me well, huh? It's, you know, it's, it's not engaging in the negativity or the fear. It's actually seeing right through that. I'm not saying it's easy to do, believe me, I know it's not easy to do, but that's a great tip for feeling, for feeling grounded and aligned is recognize how you're feeling, but then smile anyway, or, or speak your truth about it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you don't have to believe the way, believe what people are saying about you or about the situation and take it on. Right. By the way, what people say about me is none of my business because it probably ain't true anyways. <laughs> Why is that? I mean, you know what? That's people are talking about that quite a bit these days. Why does it take us so long to think that, to understand that what you think about me is not my oh, I don't know. Well, I think also a lot of times when people have a misconception about you, that's their own issue on themselves. They're just projecting onto you. 
And like you said earlier in the intro, I feel like I've never really fit in or been part of like a certain group by any means because I've always just kind of been moving up in my life and changing friends and growing and changing. Um, but I think that we just all just kindness could help everything. Kindness is everything. It really is. Awesome. Jenna, thank you for this conversation. Is there anything that I haven't touched on that you'd like to share with the audience? You know, I think it's so important to remember, and this will probably make me cry, is just because we came from one situation doesn't mean that makes us who we are or where we're going. And we have the opportunity at any point in time to change the route, change, turn the corner and move a different direction because we don't have to be in survival mode. We can be in thriving mode. So, so powerful and so true. Another challenge for you. If you have ever found yourself or perhaps currently have found yourself asking, is this all there is? What am I, you know, what's next for me? Reach out. Like Jenna mentioned, when we can be vulnerable and connect with each other, we that's when magic happens. So reach out if you are wanting to change your world in some way. Ask for help. and just be prepared for the changes because if you're willing to do the work, then boy, the universe is willing to support you in whatever your dreams are, whatever your goals are. And as I say on almost every podcast, it starts with hand on heart, making a declaration that you matter. My name is Mahara Wayman. I have been chatting with Jenna today, the beautiful Jenna Brochure. She's got these amazing prayer cards available. I'm going to drop the link in the show notes so that you can get your own set. I'll see you next week on The Art of Badassery. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you. Thank you.